Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. And now, Dakota Ring Theater presents the continuing adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, that scourge of the underworld, hunter of those who prey upon the innocent, that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the Red Panda! The Red Panda, mysterious masked marvel, hides his true identity of August Fenwick, one of the city's wealthiest men, in his never-ending battle against the forces of darkness and oppression. Together with his wife and partner, Kit Baxter Fenwick, who joins him in his quest in the guise of the Flying Squirrel, he fights a private war that evildoers everywhere shall know justice at the hands of the Red Panda! This episode, The Lab Rats! We are not having this conversation. I'm glad you agree. Kit, you aren't coming and that's all there is to it. I'd like to see you try and stop me. No, you wouldn't like it. You wouldn't like it at all. And I don't think it would do much good for morale on this base if you and I were to very suddenly have a kung fu slap fight. I don't care about morale on this base. I don't care about protocols. And I don't care that I wasn't invited. I'm coming with you. And just what is it you think you're going to do? Keep you alive! I'm not going into battle. I'll be working in a laboratory the entire time. You know what? If you'll try and keep calm so I can explain... I make no promises. The Nazis have been protecting their planes with a force field engineered from an ancient artifact called the Arm of the Titan. Yes, I remember. I was there when we traveled back in time and stole it. Yes, you were. Apparently, German spies got wind of the fact that the original artifact had been recovered somehow. They know it is only a matter of time before the Allies find a way to defeat the shields, so they've put all their eggs in one basket... Oh, good. They've fitted a fleet of airship with the most powerful shields they could muster and plan to send them on a last-ditch assault against Allied encampments in Britain. Airships? What good is that going to do? A great deal, given that they have been fitted as bombers and can't be shot down. At all. So what does this have to do with you getting on a plane in the middle of the night? The Allied Command Super Services has the artifact, and they have assembled a team of experts, including myself who will try and find a weakness in the Nazi force shields en route to Europe and hand it off in time to stop the attack. (laughs) Who did they get for that? No idea. I suppose I'll find out soon. Red Panda, none of these planes can even reach Europe. We're rendezvousing with the helicarrier Damocles, which was stateside for repairs and refitting. I thought the Damocles was destroyed. Apparently it got better. I'm about to fly to Europe on it. We're about to fly to Europe on it? No, we aren't. Gus, the last time you got on a plane without me, I lost you for a year. It won't happen. We aren't going into battle. Sure about that, are you? And what if we did? What if I were captured all over again and you with me? What would happen to William? Ma Baxter and the butler would be some unusual surrogate parents. Billy needs both of us, alive. And the best chance for that is if we stay together. Kit, I owe you everything. You've saved my life a hundred times over and made it worth living besides. But we owe that boy even more than we do each other. I'd have thrown my mask away for good the minute I laid eyes on him, but we have responsibilities, and therefore he's good as well. And today, that means you stay here. That's a real pretty speech, Gusworth. Thanks. You don't have to look so pleased with yourself, you know. I can't help it. I don't win as many arguments around here as I used to. Nostalgic for the good old days, boss. 
Maybe just a little? I, uh, brought one of my old chauffeur suits back from 1934. Live through this and I'll model it for you. Really? Why am I just hearing about this now? I'm, uh, having it let out a little and shut up. Excuse me, sir. The transport is ready to take off. Thank you. I'll be right there. Sir. Okay. Okay. Right. It's a few days at best. A business trip. When? Oh, when? Will you stop with attempting fate already? It's an interesting point. I have to go. Go. But remember, if you die, I'll kill you. I love you too. Oh, my dear boy. Red Panda, is it really you? Dr. Chronopolis? What on earth are you doing here? Do you know? I've been wondering the very same thing myself. But the gentlemen who came for me were most insistent. What gentlemen? Well, now they did show some identification, but it was rather quick. But their explanation sounded quite interesting. Perhaps... Intriguing is the more correct word. You never should have agreed to come. You know, as I sat here just now, I was playing it over and over in my mind, and I cannot recall the part of the conversation where they asked or I agreed. It just sort of happened, and here I was. Still, you're not... I mean, you're... well... A bit dotty? Yes, I have my moments, but I'm certain I can be of help. It is really my field, you know. I named it after myself once, but it turned out to be too difficult for people to spell. Still, nice to see a friendly face. The other fellow is a, a bit of a sourpuss. Other fellow? What a... You! Hello, Red Panda. I was wondering when you'd notice me. The genie? The genie? The supervillain? Yes. And no. It's kind of a long story. I haven't seen you since... Yes. It's been a long while. I thought you were dead. I was. It's kind of a long story. We were never able to find out what happened to you. Even the Major didn't know. Never confuse what that woman knows with what she will tell you. She has a capacity for duplicity that would have made even Colonel Fitzroy blush. Which is almost certainly why he is dead, and she is a big cheese in the super services. Are you going to introduce me to your friend? Yeah, of course. Jeannie, this is Dr. Theodore Chronopolis. Hello? Well, I am not, as I'm sure you'll understand, dear doctor, a man who impresses very easily, if at all. But... I am surprised to find my old foe traveling in such rarefied academic circles. I have read almost all of your published work on the subject of harnessing otherworldly power, and find it quite fascinating. Oh, well, thank you. I didn't know you were still active. I haven't seen new work from you in quite some time. Ah, yes. Lost my marbles for a bit there. It's kind of a long story. Oh, good. All right, lab rats, listen up. I apologize in advance for the engine noise, but we're going to be running this baby pretty hot to make our rendezvous with the Damocles. Once we're secured, they'll open her up, and you boys go to work. We should make the crossing in about 16 hours. 16 hours? To save the world. Again? Child's play. Really? 
No. Alright, Coney Island, last stop. Watch your step. There's a force field projection around the deck, but it's still gonna be a little bit windy. The gravity plates will keep you steady if you don't do anything stupid. Stupid? Do you realize who you're talking to? Yes, sir. My former cargo. Step lively, sir. There are times when I miss supervillainy a great deal. I really do. I can only imagine. There are few sights in this world as sweet as a crowd of terrified onlookers scurrying away at the mere sight of you, Dr. Chronopolis. Yes, well, I'll have to take your word for it. I don't get out much. Oh, my. It is an impressive sight, isn't it? It's astonishing to think they could keep such a crap like this a secret. And there are nine others around the globe, Doctor. The Allied Command Super Services keeps them as secret as they can, as they do everything. But that is part of the reason they have held Hitler and his cronies in check for this long. Given that need for secrecy, should you really be explaining everything to a senile old fool? But no offense, Doctor. What's that? Oh, none taken, my dear boy. None taken. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome to the Damocles. Captain Sunlight? I didn't expect to find you here, old friend. They hadn't quite got around to shipping my team back to the Pacific when they decided to start putting this bucket back together. And they reckon they didn't have anyone else that could keep her in the air. Come on, we're this way. This seems like quite an impressive craft to term a, a bucket, Captain. She'd been rusting away in the Arizona desert for more than a year, Doctor. Limped back home after a suicide attack from the last fighter squad and Nazi pterosaurs and was never expected to fly again. I'd be lying if I said they were exactly done putting her back together when they needed a fast-moving laboratory for you boys. Nice to see you looking like yourself, by the way, Doc. Thank you, Tom. I'm glad to see you well also. Well, we'll try and keep us all that way. My boys are the best fighter wing anywhere, and I can keep this crate in the air long enough. Forgive me, Captain, but can those six rotors really generate enough lift to keep this craft flying, much less propel us forward? The helicarrier's rotors are primarily for maneuvering purposes, Doctor, and to serve as a distraction from the real genius behind this machine. I was wondering how long you could keep quiet. Hello, Captain Sunlight. Hello, yourself. Oh. Now, what is it? Ah, I see. You're just a little skittish after all those times I tried to kill you. Something like that. I got my eye on you, convict. Splendid. As I was saying, Doctor, the ship's Bumblebee Drive does the real work. Bumblebee Drive? As in Dr. Bumblebee? Darius? That hack? No. Like the actual Bumblebee. The animal that shouldn't be able to fly, yet does. This is the problem with naming something after an animal. Difficult to trademark. An immensely powerful gravitic resistance anomaly module of my own devising casts an anti-gravity field around the entire craft. Fascinating. Who's telling state secrets to the senile old fool now? It's an interesting point. All right, here we are. Down the hall as far as you can go. Take the steps down to the left and you'll hit the lab. If it doesn't have everything you need, it's because you need something that hasn't been invented yet. So you might want to get right on that. I should get back to the bridge. Thank you, Tom. See you later. Doc. Captain. Convict. Oh, don't be like that. You really need to. Doctor. Uh, no, no, no. He said to the left. No, no, stairs. Down. Down, Doctor. Thanks, Tom. 
Squirrel would be glad to know you were driving. I'm amazed she let you get on a plane without her. Did you hypnotize her? Never have, never will. That would take the fun right out of it. <laughs> I find that difficult to believe, but you know best. All kidding aside, do you want me to post a guard? For the genie? No. He'd take it as a personal affront and he'd waste time responding to it in some colorful fashion. You trust him? I trust him to try and prove that Hitler's science squads aren't smarter than him. And today that's enough. I hope you're right. There are finally enough men and machines in England to try an invasion in the spring. If we lose them now, we lose everything. Don't worry. You've got the best possible team on the job. Was that an explosion? Yes. Well, only a small one. Excuse me, Captain. I had better go. You are listening to the Red Panda Adventures from DecoderingTheater.com. No, 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 no! Get out of my light, would you? I can't see. I keep telling you we don't have time for this. I am trying to complete these calculations. Your calculations are irrelevant. By the time you complete your noodlings, it'll be far too late. I'm sorry, Mr. Genie. What is it you would have us do, exactly? The Nazis have created a nearly impenetrable defense shield. We have a limited amount of time in which to work. I say we ought to focus on creating something that can punch through it. A hyper-intense beam of some kind. It's been tried. Not by us. True enough, but without an opportunity to test your device against one of the shields in question, we will have to put all of our eggs into a basket that may be fundamentally unsound. Unsound? How dare you? I, on the other hand, and using standard anti-magic properties to devise an attack which will dismantle the very fabric of the shield, making the once deadly airships into sitting ducks, as the saying goes. You're fiddling about with ancient widgets and doodads, and we don't have time for it. These shields are not magic. They are modern technology derived from principles of magic. Principles which I shall exploit to destroy the shields. You have no way of knowing how much magic is involved. This is guesswork based on vague theory. Genie, if it was a simple matter to punch a hole in these shields, don't you think someone in the super services would have done it by now? They have scientists, they have technology, they have half the world's superheroes working for them, and none of it has worked. They reached back in time to steal the artifact upon whose energies the shields are based because they are right out of other ideas. I may not be the world's foremost authority on ancient energies, but even I can tell that the formulas you are working on here are non-specific. These are equations that disrupt the formation of magic fields of different backgrounds, different frequencies. They have very little in common about the way in which they work, and at least two of them appear to be mutually exclusive. Oh, you noticed that, did you? I hadn't quite got to that bit yet. Actually, I'm sure it's nothing we can't work around. As appealing as the idea is in theory, Doctor, we can't simply throw everything but the kitchen sink at the problem and hope that something sticks. And we can't simply ignore the fact that these shields were derived from the force projections of the arm of the Titan. Wait. Where is the arm of the Titan? Oh. That's odd. I could have sworn it was somewhere about. It's over here. Sorry. Oh, dear boy. I'd almost forgotten you were here. You're being a little too quiet. What are you up to? I am conducting seven simple tests of this artifact and observing the results. Good. When you're done with that, help me with something useful. I beg your pardon, Red Panda. 
But to precisely what end are you conducting these tests? Von Schlitz was never left alone with this artifact. He had only an hour or two of access to the arm, and the tests he conducted were a matter of record, even if the results were not. I doubt very much that the technicians caring for the artifact would have been able to understand them, even had they had chosen to ignore academic courtesy. Bah, humbug. Different times, my dear genie. In any event, von Schlitz made his observations, stuck the paper in his pocket, and forgot about it. Some flunky going through his files found it, and the results suggested a device to him. A device that has proved monstrously successful. So, what? So I am hoping that repeating the tests will repeat that same result. You're trying to reverse engineer the Nazi force field device? Not exactly. I am trying to re-engineer it from scratch. And then we have something to test our theories against. Precisely. I don't think we're going to have time for this. Well, I admit it isn't as dramatic as the two of you shouting at each other, but it did seem the thing to do. I have two tests left. You can carry on, if you like. I think given the circumstances and the stakes, we had better try and work together. All right, then. How can we help? This is ridiculous. How are we supposed to work under these conditions? These conditions will likely only get worse as we get closer to Germany. I've got a good mind to give the captain a piece of my mind. I believe he deactivated the intercom after your last outburst. It wasn't an outburst. And I believe I have the right to finish my work without being blown to kingdom come. Where on earth did you get that impression? Do you think there's any danger, Red Panda? I think there is considerable danger, my dear doctor, but we are in very little of it. Captain Sunlight's men are the best pilots I've ever seen. I'm sure they can handle whatever it is that's being thrown at us. But if the Damocles really is in such a state of disrepair... That's just Tom. Everything he flies is either a rust bucket or a bucket of bolts. Something about buckets. I'm sure the Damocles is fine. You're sure that you're sure? Well, I'm fairly sure. I think I've got the power modulator locked down. Excellent. I'm ready for it here. Carefully. Would you like to connect it? You know I think I would. Excellent. Because I only have 11 black belts, I'm terribly clumsy and prone to drop things. Yes, that's what I thought. Out of the way. How are the emitters coming, Doctor? I was just going over a checklist, dear boy. Where? Where? Oh, I see your point. It's a mental checklist. I see. Yes. That's how I feel. I should really stop doing that. I can't for the life of me remember what was supposed to be on the checklist. But it looks done, doesn't it? It looks lovely. It looks like someone took apart the coffee pot and two radios. Actually, I did take apart the coffee pot. See? Oh, marvelous. We've been at it nine hours. I'm sure we won't want that soon. Yes, I see your point. But if our theory is correct... Hitler took apart his coffee pot as well? Yes. Well, no. Regardless of the means of construction, Genie, if we have replicated the principles behind the Nazi force shields, we should essentially have the same device. In theory. Yes. Well, help me connect this other emitter and we'll put that theory to the test. Right. I have a rough calculation of the odds of this device exploding in our faces. Would you like to hear them? Not really. Um, I think that I would. (laughs) He's right, Doctor. It is a hideous abomination, with absolutely no sense of style, and an energy matrix that strikes me as dangerously unstable. I keep telling you it's fine. But it isn't like we aren't going to turn it on. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one... 
Is it working? If it is, the field is invisible. The Nazi field is invisible. Or it might just not be working. Well, here's a way to find out. I'll flip a quarter at it. Heads or tails? Heads. Tails. Look at that. Oh, how marvelous. Yes. At last, the Allied fleet is safe from stray coins. Oh, hush up. Let us try something a little more serious, shall we? Where did you get that pistol? I stole it from that mouthy airman. Got to keep in practice, you know. Wait! What? The ricochet! If we're right, the shield will absorb all of the energy of the bullet. There won't be any ricochet. That's nice. I'll just stand over here, shall I? Too late. Well, I'll be darned. Look at that. Here. Look. The bullet is even largely intact. The shield simply robbed it of its kinetic energy and it fell to the ground. <laughs> Do we have any ray emitters? I can't wait to test it against rays. If we don't have one, we can build one. Uh... Go ahead. How's it going down there, boys? Fine, Captain. We've just had something of a breakthrough. Glad to hear it. We've just had word. The airship armada is on the move. We aren't going to catch them napping, kids. We're going to try and intercept them over the channel. What does that mean? It means you have about two hours less than we thought you had. And it means that whatever you got cooked up, it had better work. Roger that. Out. Well. Yes. Did anyone else just realize that we've only just invented the machine we needed to start what we were actually supposed to be doing? Yes. That kind of sucked the fun right out of the moment. Nothing. Nothing we do has the slightest effect. That is of itself significant data, of course. Yes, but we weren't asked to accumulate significant data. We were asked for a way to disable the Nazis' force shields. This is interesting. What? Look at these readings. It takes shockingly little energy to establish this field. But look what happened when we increased the power. And again here, and here. The increase in field strength is more than exponential. Fascinating! But the size of the emitters seems to be irrelevant, as long as they are large enough to establish the field in the first place. It explains how the Nazis have been able to retrofit so many machines so quickly. How do you mean? There is very little surplus room for new gear inside most military equipment, Doctor. It was one of the most baffling parts of this project. Where were they getting the power? But now we see that a battery unit of modest size could easily support these shields for an extended period. Which means we aren't going to be able to exhaust the power supply by throwing an all-out assault at those airships. Even with the need to keep the weight down to make room for bombs, they could have shields that are ten times more powerful than anything we've seen. And what could possibly get through that? Aside from a bigger shield? Yes, of course. Wait, what? I'm still quite confident that if we can find the correct frequency, match the resonant frequency harmonic of the shield itself, we could dissipate the force field altogether. Hold on a moment. It will take days to isolate the frequency, Doctor. Days or weeks. And then develop a projector. We just don't have the time. Everyone shut up a minute. Oh, dear. Stay with me on this. In theory, two shields in collision with one another, what happens? They would... They would begin to siphon energy from each other at equal speed. The rate of decay would be tremendous, probably cause both fields to fold, whereupon 
with nothing to oppose them, both fields would begin to re-establish. If they could form again within one another's bubble. In short, we don't know. Why do you ask? But say, for example, that of the two fields in collision, one was around an airship powered by a large battery system, and the other was around the Damocles with a line run directly into the Bumblebee Drive. The Gravitic Resistance Anomaly Module generates an incomprehensible amount of power, but most of it is used keeping this large gold brick in the sky. Let's say that the ship had a really clever pilot who could compensate for a 15% power reduction. Our shields would strip theirs almost instantly. But then what do we do? We would be unable to shoot through our own shields. How would we stop the airships? They're gas bags full of hydrogen. Carrying bombs. Oh. Oh, I see your point. I think we had better call the captain and tell him we have an actual plan. I can't believe I let you boys talk me into this stupid plan. Oh, but captain... Oh, dear. Excuse me, Doc. The bridge is a busy place. So I see. The system is ready. The extra power to the gravity plates is holding the cabling and emitters in place. I think this is going to work. Good. There's the armada dead ahead. Genie! Where are we with the power? Good to go. If Captain Sunlight would care to throw the power switch on the Bumblebee Drive to Auxiliary 2, the Damocles should officially be the world's biggest battering ram. Oh, dear. Those fighter escorts are coming up fast. Don't panic, Doc. Is everything all right? You know what the first thing they teach you in flight school is? On the first day... Try not to fly into anything. And normally I applaud that sentiment, Tom. Today, however, seems like the exception. Roger that. Engaging shields. Compensating for power loss. Airship dead ahead, sir! Collision imminent! Tramming speed! And so concludes another adventure of the Red Panda! This recording and the story, characters, and situations contained therein are the exclusive property of their creator and copyright holder, Greg Taylor, and are produced and distributed by Decoder Ring Theater through arrangement with him. These recordings may not be rebroadcast or redistributed by any means for any reason without express permission. Until next time, when Decoder Ring Theater brings you the further thrilling adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, this is Stephen Burley reminding you DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure! The Red Panda Adventures, episode 91, The Lab Rats, was written and directed by Greg Taylor with original music by Andrea Lyons and featured the vocal talents of Gregory Z. Cook, Brian Vaughn, Peter Nickel, Christopher Mott, Clarissa Dunnerlanden, and Greg Taylor. Until next time, for all of us here, good night. You can listen to classical and brand new audio dramas through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre, and the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night!